going to do something a little bit different this morning. You'll notice all the flags. It's Memorial Day weekend, and we're just going to first, right off the bat, I want to honor all the soldiers that we have here. And if you will, and you're a soldier, Shiloh, you come on up. And I want all the soldiers to stand, whoever you are, in the service. Praise God. It's okay. We ain't going to sign you up for nothing. Praise God. Now, now I'm going to ask you something hard. I'm going to ask you a hard question. I want you to stay standing, if you will, while she sings this, if you can. If you have to sit down, it's all right. But I'd rather you stand, if you will, because I want Shiloh to sing this song, just for you. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled I think it's a great thing that we can sing about the country that we've had in this lifetime. I think it's great that we have a servicemen that's gone and women that's gone to service and stood for a good country. I don't say we're doing everything right at all, haven't done everything right, but yet at the same time we are blessed and I believe we're blessed by God. I hope we never lose the fact that God's what gave us the land that we have. God is what's blessed it, and God's what's made it. And I thank him, and I don't know what our tomorrows hold, but I know he's still alive and well. Amen. So uh, hold on to that. I want to thank Ben especially. You see all the flags that's put out, all this here that's put, put out by Ben, and, and I appreciate him. His father, Ben's father, died on D-Day in uh, 19... 44, June the 6th, and I want all 
always honor the soldiers, and we thank you for your service. And I praise God for it being Memorial Day. There's a whole lot of people that brings to mind of people that's gone on before. Some were great soldiers in, in the gospel. Some of them were great for Christ. And I praise God for what God has done in this land. Well, I'm going to walk, walk them golden stairs. Because I know my Jesus, well, he answers all of my prayers. Well, I know when he calls me to my home on high, I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Oh, Lord, you know I can hardly wait to reach that sweet pie and pie, 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 pie. But now I see those pearly gates. I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Well, I'm going to walk, walk them golden stairs. Because I know my Jesus, he answers all of my prayers. Well, I know when he calls me to my home on high, I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Well, Lord, you know that I can hardly wait to read. That sweet by and by, 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 by. Oh, now I see those pearly gates. Now walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Well, I'm gonna walk, walk them golden stairs. Cause I know my Jesus, he answers all of my prayers. Well, I know when he calls me to my home on high. I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. When Jesus says to me, he will die, and all my cares are laid by, 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 by. I'll lay down my sword, my battles are won. I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Well, I'm going to walk, walk them golden stairs. Because I know my Jesus, well, he answers all of my prayers. Well, I know when he calls me to my home on high, I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. When Jesus says to me, well done, and all my cares are laid, pop, 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 I'll lay down my sword, my battles are won. I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Well, I'm going to walk, walk them golden stairs. Because I know my Jesus, he answers all of my prayers. Well, I know when he calls me to my home on high. I'll walk them golden stairs, walk them golden stairs, walk them golden stairs when I says to me well done and all my cares are laid by, 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 by. I'll lay down my sword my paddles are one I'll walk them golden stairs when I die when I die real I'm 
It's such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet. Lord, it's such a
Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. Just calling out to Jesus. You have to believe. But it's that's all it takes is Jesus. We need him every day and every minute. So if you don't have him, come to him today. And he's got his arms open for you. Amen. Amen.
Egypt tries to attack Israel. And um, they said the more and more that Egypt afflicted them, the more Israel multiplied. So let it be the enemy's fault that you've drawn closer to God. So that's what this song is all about.
thank you for this day. Thank you for what God has given us. We're looking at a Memorial Day, and we go into Memorial Day, a lot of times we go back to memories. We go back into days when we look back at people that we've lived with, loved, people that we has been so precious in our life. I can look back at uh, where I come from growing up in church. I can look back at some of the saints of God that stood and witnessed the, the gospel and how true their, God, their witness was. But can I tell you something, us elders, and I'm going to include me in it, and I know that a lot of you feel like you done had your day. But I want to tell you something. We got a lot of young people here. And the only way this church or any church or this America can have a memory for tomorrow is for the gospel and the power of God to go forward. If we don't have the gospel in our young people, can I tell you, the world and the Christian world is full of a lot of scriptures going across TVs, radios. You can buy everybody's books. You can buy everybody's tapes. You can get all these things and get all the knowledge and information you want to get. But can I tell you something? If you don't have the power of God to change your life, it ain't going to matter one bit. I can read this Bible until I turn blue in the face. But just like Connie said, I need to hear from God. I need to know what God wants me to hear and what God wants me to say. And God has made a way for you and I to have a relationship with him. And you need to understand it takes the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to have that relationship. And I want to talk to you today about something that I've been kind of putting off. My mother was raised a modern Baptist. My family knows that. I'm not criticizing my mother. She got married to my father, and my father was raised in a Pentecostal down in Kentucky. Now, can I tell you something? Both of them never went to the church they was raised to get saved. They went to Asbury Tabernacle, and that's where they got saved. And God not only saved them both, but he uh, helped them to raise their family, and us kids got saved there. And can I tell you something? The power of God, the power of conviction, the power of love of God was there. And it reached out and touched lives. And it reached out and made a difference. You say, why are you saying that? I don't want to put down nobody's church, and I don't want to lift this one above what it is. We're just people. Amen. And sometimes I look out and I realize that sometimes if you mention Pentecost, it upsets people, even in our church. And if you mention uh, uh, once saved, always saved, some like it and some don't like it. My dad, I can remember this back before, he said he had some people to leave because we weren't Pentecostal enough. And then he had some to leave because we were too Pentecostal. Now, how do you fall in that group? Let me tell you something. You don't follow me. You follow him. You follow what he has said. And that's what I want to talk to you today. When I want to bring up a subject, sometimes I know that subject's not popular. You know, but I want to talk about the power of God. I want to talk about God's power. Because if we don't get a hold of it, Carl, you said it. 
If we don't have a reviving, looking forward to a revival to revive us into the power of God, I don't want somebody else's books. I don't want somebody else's tapes. I don't want somebody else's teachings. I want to hear from the Lord. And you know what? You need to hear from the Lord. Don't just follow me. Don't just follow your teacher. Get your Bible and get it out and begin to say, Lord, I want what you have for me. And he has much more than we give him. He is full of power. You're not talking to just anybody. He surrendered his hands to be nailed on a cross. And those same hands made this world and everything in it. But he only done that for you and I because he loves you. Because he paid your price. Praise God. A scripture came to my mind when I was thinking about this subject. And it was about Jeremiah. You remember how... God told Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were formed, I knew you and I called you to be a prophet. How many knows that's in Scripture? He goes on and Jeremiah says to him, Lord, not me, I'm just a child. I'm a child. And God said to Jeremiah, don't say you're a child. I'll send you where I want you to go, and I'll I'll want you to speak what I tell you to speak. How many knows that's what he told him? You know what? God's not messing with you. God's not dealing. He's not saying, let's make a bargain. He'll call you and tell you what he needs you to do. But I like that because, see, Jeremiah found out who God really was. He found out when God calls you and tells you to do something. Well, when I thought about that, the next verse says, Fear not their faces. And I thought, here's a young man going to stand up and tell Israel what God said to say, and he was afraid of their faces. But God said to him, Fear not their faces. Well, you know what? Today I come to you, I'm not going to fear your face. Whether you like what I'm going to preach or not, I'm going to say it. Because sometimes I preach on, on uh, tongues or if I preach or, or say anything about Pentecost, people just go, oh, I don't want to hear this. I wonder when, when the restaurants are, are going to close. When are they going to be full? I need to get out of here. Why? Because we're not applying it. And I'm not picking on you. I'm not telling you how to live your, you got to work out your own uh, salvation with fear and trembling. But I know this. I had to work mine out too. And I know what God has did in me. I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I should write down a scripture. I think I should just testify to what happened to me. Because see, I don't want this church to be a dead church. Can you hear what I'm telling you? I'm not talking about me. You can replace me with somebody else, but this church needs to be alive. Alive with the power of God. And if we don't have the power of God, we might as well close the door and turn ourselves into the elk club or something. The moose club. Something different because we're not being what God wants us to be. And I'm not going to entertain you today. I'm not going to try to impress you with anything. I'm not here to entertain and neither is these singers. 
We're trying our best to speak what God has said to the hearts. I want you to turn, if you got your Bible, to Psalm 63. It's important that you see what's in the Word of God. It's important that you know that God had it written for you. Because see, just like Jeremiah, you have no idea what your tomorrows are. Young people has no idea what their tomorrows are. Now, some of them's a bit gullible. I was gullible when I was a young person. You know, they tell me I'm going to get something, I'm going to go get in line. Especially if it's for more food. I was hungry back then. But can I tell you some young people are in that stage of gullibleness to a certain degree, and every time the world throws a carrot out there, they run after it. Well, God has put something here that the young people need. If there's a tomorrow, the young people need it. In Psalms 65 or 63, I want you to listen to David. Verse 1, O God, thou art my God. Early would I seek thee, my soul thirsts for thee. Connie, that's what God said to you. Thirsty. David said it here in 63. He said, My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. To what? To see thy power and thy glory. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what King David's saying. I'm not thirsty for fame. I'm not thirsty to fulfill this flesh. I'm thirsty for him. And I want to see his power and I want to see his glory. Now let me tell you something. That ain't a social club. You're not going to find that in a social club. You ain't going to find it no matter what church you go to. That's not what it's about. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. How many knows when he said that, he ain't just talking about being in dry land or being thirsty with his, with his flesh. He's talking about being thirsty for God's presence. What I saw in the sanctuary, what we have saw in our country the blessing upon this country. What we saw in the churches years ago, we talk of revival. We talk of things. I went when I was a young teenager, got saved when I was a young teenager at Asbury, and I went with my father to Carl, and Patty went to another church, and they went out. To, I went out there with my father on a Tuesday night or whatever night it was. They had a little prayer meeting, and I want to tell you something. I might have been raised in Asbury Tabernacle, and they might even had no idea about dealing with tongues. But can I tell you something? I stood there in that little prayer meeting with about 20 people in there, and I stood in there trying to pray, and they prayed in tongues, and there was probably... Those 20 people, and out of 20 of them, 10 of them is praying in tongues that didn't stop. Now you say, well, that didn't mean nothing to nobody. Yeah, 
to me, I'll tell you what it meant to me, because God didn't give me the revelation. He didn't tell me what they said, Bill, but can I tell you what I knew was going on? The Holy Spirit was in the room. I wasn't just impressed with their words that nobody knew nothing about what they were saying, but can I tell you something? I'm impressed with the presence of God. When my, when my Aunt Flonny, Vicki, you and Jane know, and Mark, when our Aunt Flonny was dying, she was in her 40s, she got cancer and was dying. She was married to my dad's brother, Herman. We, I went up to the hospital with my father, and I was about 17 years old, and I walked up to the door of the, of the hospital room, and all of my dad's family, all of them that were Christians, was in there praying with her. She was dying of cancer. And all of a sudden, she, my Aunt Flonny, about 44, 42 years old, she began to speak in tongues. And she began to cry out in tongues. And she began to pray. And I want to tell you something. I'm a 17-year-old boy, and I don't know nothing. I never hardly read the Bible good. I'm a very good reader, and there was a lot of problems I had. But can I tell you something? God had saved me, and he had shown me his presence. He showed me the power of change that he did in me. And when I stood in that doorway, I was afraid to look up. Why? The presence of God was like a dark cloud or like a great cloud inside that room from the power. And I could still feel the chills standing there. And I couldn't even see her. She was around the corner. But I could hear the cry. And I could hear the praise. And I knew what the presence of God was. I didn't understand tongues. My father never set us down. Even though he was raised that and said, you need to understand what tongues are. He didn't do that to us. You know what he said to you? Search it out. Seek and search well, that's what David's doing. He's searching. He was searching. Oh, Lord, I want that presence. I want that power and that glory that I saw in the sanctuary. When I got saved as just a young teenager, I know that conviction was on me. You know, wasn't an adult talking me into something. I was listening to Merle Arvon, the, pra the pastor, preach. And he made a statement one day, and I got under conviction over it. He didn't know it was me. He didn't know I was just a kid. Nobody paid attention to a young teenager there. But can I tell you what he said? If you die tonight, where will you be tomorrow? And I got scared. Why? Been around the gospel to know enough that I had never been saved. And all of a sudden, Ken, it, it struck me. And I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't hardly go anywhere to enjoy nothing. I put on a good act. But God led me to the night that I got saved. And that night, the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart. And I've told you this before. I just said, if they just won't sing no more, I'll get out of here. But all of a sudden, they went, let's one more verse in chorus. Let's do one more verse. And I, you know what? I had an elderly man turned around, and he put his arm up on my shoulder. And he says, good, good day to give your life to Jesus. 
That's how it took. He didn't give me some big sermon. He just told me I was invited to go what God was doing. You're invited today. When the Spirit of God touches your heart, you're invited to come to Him. You ain't coming to us. You come to Him. In, in the, uh, John 3, it says that Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, must be born again. And on down at verse 6, he talked about that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that was born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you something. When you get saved, you're born of the spirit. Okay? They called it born again. Jesus called it born again. He's explaining it to a, a religious man, Nicodemus. But you must be born again. So when you come to get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into you and makes you alive. Okay? I don't know how else to explain but that's what the Bible tells me. And that's what I'm going to try to teach you today. I want to tell you this because I want our young people to know this. If you're going to have it tomorrow, you not only have the Spirit, and it gives you power to change. What Jesus did at Calvary is brought to you. What he's done for you is brought you under conviction. You know you're a sinner. You know you need forgiveness. You know you need salvation. So you come in In Romans 8 9, I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures. It says, we are saved when the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now listen to what I'm telling you. But we are not, verse, uh, verse 9 of chapter 8 of Romans, but, we, but ye are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. How many knows what's that saying? You don't have the Spirit of God. You're not a saved person. And I'm not your judge. And I'm not here to tell you that, that I'm putting you down at all. But you can be taught, like I said, you can taught, be taught the Word of God. You can know all the stories. You can read the Bible. You can get everybody's tapes and listen to them. But you have to have the Spirit of God to enter in you. I'm just talking about what salvation is. And there's power in that salvation. See, that was power enough to change a life. He not only changed me, but I know many others he changed. My dad said the leaves winked, uh, waved at him when he got saved, and the stars were, were uh, winking at him. And maybe he lost his mind. I don't know. He said he was being driven to church by, some, by one of the family, and he said when he, cut, he was 27-year-old when he got saved. And when he was being driven home, he said he looked out the window and the weeds was, leaves was waving at him and the stars was blinking. And he said he started hollering out the uh, window, I just got saved. And he said, I realized later on nobody cared. But to him a change had come. The change that he had longed for. The change that he thought couldn't happen because he done messed his life up. Jesus came and he made life again. He would give him a born-again experience. Praise God. In, Roman, in Romans, the first chapter, Paul said it this way, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. I like this one. I want you to hear this. 2 Corinthians 4-7. You've heard this all your life. But we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. Listen to me. We have a treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You can't change yourself. The only way you can change is the excellency of the power of God moving into you. How many sees that? I got treasure inside of me. I ain't nobody. I didn't deserve this treasure, right? You know what? God gave me the treasure of moving into me when I surrender myself to him. And that's what he's trying to do in the church today. But what are we doing? We've shut the door to the spirit of God. Lord, we don't want that kind of action in our church. We can't control it. No, you ain't going to control God or the Spirit of God. You're not going to control it. All you can do is submit to it and trust that he knows exactly what he's doing. Praise God. I'm glad Brother Vaughn surrendered to the Spirit of God that night. Because he was listening to God, not me. He wasn't listening to whiners that wanted to get out early. I hope nobody's wanting to get out early. I'm not picking that. Even if you have to leave, you ain't going to upset me, and I'm not upset at you, so don't think I am. I'm just saying words that I know I'm going to get in trouble for. <laughs> but it's a treasure. Now, I want you to listen to Ephesians, the first chapter, two verses, and I want you to hear it because it's important. I, this is not even my message. I'm going to get to it in just a minute. But in Ephesians 1, it says, in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? Wow. You know, I'm reading that last night, and Connie, that jumped off the page at me. He, his power, he said the greatness of his power to usward. I couldn't get myself. I used to look at other Christians and say, well, I couldn't be like that guy. That guy gets happy and throws his hands in the air and acts silly and screams and hollers and, and gets all excited and cries one minute, laughs the next minute. I can't do that. But all of a sudden, I realized looking at this, that this greatness of his power is to usward. It comes from above. How many heard what I've said? It comes from above and it comes for you. He wants to fill you up with his spirit. He wants to fill you up with power to change you and your life. Praise God. If we're not serving a God that's that big, we're in trouble. Like I said, he created all things, yet he surrendered himself and hung on a tree for you and me. Amen. Cannot we risk, can we not turn ourselves over to him and say, Lord, can you do something with me? I'm helpless, God. I can't do this. I can't feel. I can't heal myself. I can't fix myself. He says, exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. He brought it in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand, 
in the heavenly places. How many know where the main station is of your salvation? It's in Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. You ought to feel pretty good about yourself. I don't care how good a sinner you was. You're a saint of God because Jesus Christ wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life when you came to him. And you belong to him. Don't let the devil steal that from you or take it back away. Don't go back to working, walking in the flesh. Stay with the Spirit of God. It's the power of God. It renews us. It shows us one way. Like I said last week, it'll take the light and shine in those little dark places in your life and show you where you need to improve. He's been working on me all my life. And I can either turn the light out and say, no, Lord, I don't want you to look at me no more. I don't want you to tell me nothing about myself. I'm good enough. I've done my best. I'm just going to retire and sit somewhere. And that recliner looks good. But can I tell you something? God, he saved us for a purpose. He saved Jeremiah for a purpose. He said he has got a hold of him. He surrendered to him. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. You need to be conformed to the death of Christ. What does that mean? You need to die to yourself. Uh-oh. I got to die to myself? You mean I don't get to choose what I want to do? You know what? Sometimes you'll walk a certain way and you'll think, I'm going to go up there and go through that door because that's what I want to do. And God will say, on the way up there, there's another door. Now I want you to walk through that door. And the Holy Spirit will tell you that and you'll say, but I had no intentions of going in that door. You know what? I had no intentions of working on the railroad. Somebody called me and told me they're hiring down here, you know. Come on down here. And whatever they tell you, don't leave. Just keep staying there. They'll, they're going to hire somebody. Because they did it for three hours. They tried to talk you out of it. But can I tell you something? God intended for me to go through that door. Praise God. God intends for you to turn your life and trust him and to say the door that he's going to show me where I'm at. Because you know what? I can tell you, I was, I was laughing at Maybe I shouldn't bring it up. Shiloh and David. Sorry. David went on a, a mission trip, left yesterday. And I know it's hard for him to be separated. But can I tell you something? I remember back when I fell in love with my wife. I didn't want to be away from her. You know, you lose your appetite, you lose everything. And that's rough on a boy. But can I tell you something? God had a door open for me. He sent me the right person. You might think she's crazy. I don't know. Sometimes I think she's a little nutty. But the real truth is, I know that God sent her to me. Amen. Praise God. She knows I love her. I'm sorry. I won't say no more. I want to change now. I want you to go to Joel. I want you to go to the second chapter of Joel. 
It's in the Old Testament. It's in the, it's, right there between Hosea and Amos. Joel 2, and I want you to look at verse 28. Now, you're going to say something. Why? Why are you going here? Because I'm going to get myself in trouble. Because I'm going to talk to you about what else God did. See, God didn't just leave us by ourselves to figure this thing out. He not only sent his son to pay our price, but when Jesus left and it was taught, when Jesus left here, until he left, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. So when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit come, and he fills us up. Now we're going to talk about Pentecost. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Spirit of God. Oh, no. Don't turn around. Don't get on your phone. I know, but you're going to have to hear this. Because, see, I'm not preaching at you to have something that you don't want. I want you to understand something. This is for you. It's for you. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for somebody that you think God wants to use. It's for you. We need the power. How many knows we need the power today? We need the power to make it through this life. We need more power because the enemy is destroying our families, our homes, our country, our cities. I heard somebody say the other day, we can't even figure out which bathroom to go into. And it's pitiful. It's shameful. In Joel, the second chapter, this is 800 B.C. This is that many years before Christ. I want you to listen. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now why did he separate them? He's talking about your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He's talking about the Jewish people. He's talking about the gospel came to the Jewish people. But when he goes on down here, he talks about servants and handmaids. These were the servants. These were people from other countries. These were people that became servants because they owed a price. And they were servants. But he was saying, it don't matter if you think you're one of the wealthy and one of the smart, or if you think you're the dumbest person in the world, guess what? The Holy Spirit's coming, and it's going to be poured out on all. I want you to understand all flesh, he said. It's poured out on all flesh. He didn't just pick out a handful and say, I'll pour out. And you know what? There's, there's uh, doctrines today that says all the gifts died with the apostles. And I can tell you right now, that's not true. Somebody's filling their head with something other because they don't want to be accountable to what this says. Matthew 3, John the Baptist said this in verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water and under repentance, but you, but he that comes after me, comes up after me, is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, I don't know about you, but that's action. 
I don't know about you, but you couldn't hardly sit still when the Holy Ghost and the fire hit you. And I'm not trying to entertain nobody, and I'm not trying to tell you you got to put on some kind of show. All you got to do is surrender to saying, Lord, I want all of you in me. I don't want to stop nowhere. I don't want no borders, Lord, on my heart. I want every bit of you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, was for the power and the ministry and to be witnesses. Okay. You may say, well, I'm not in the ministry. I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. I don't need all this excess power. Let me tell you something. When your children's lost, you're looking for power. When your prayer's not answered, you're looking for the power. Oh, God, I need you. Listen to me. Don't run to me and expect me to answer your prayer. I can't do it. He's the one that answers prayer. And he's no, he knows me. He knows how much short I've come. And he knows how short you come. Let me tell you something. As long as we're willing to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't do it myself. I need your power. We're opening the door to him. To the Spirit. In Luke 24, 49. And behold, this is Jesus talking. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be what? Endued with power. Let me tell you something. You might think, Holy Spirit's a give and take. Some want to get it. Some don't want nothing to do with it. Some want to take it and say, I want to go to church. They don't talk about that stuff no more. I don't want to be pressured to be something else. Well, this tells me, until you be endued with power from on high, I need the power. Bobby, we need the power. It ain't never grown old. I still need the power. I needed the power to, to be saved. I needed the power to change. And can I tell you something? When God began to deal with me, let me tell you how it happened to me again. And I'm trying to hurry. But let me tell you how it happened to me. My father took the little church. He had never been a pastor before. And I'm about... 29, 27, something like that in my 20s. And I got up in the front singing congregational songs. That's all I knew. I knew congregational songs, and Becky and them would get me a key, and they and I would sing a congregational song. And then all of a sudden, Sue and Becky says, we're going to have you to sing a song, and we're going to harmonize with you. And I said, okay. So here Becky and Sue had been singing for a little while already, and we're already doing that stuff. Uh, work and I stepped up there and it's altar call time and they tell me let's sing this one song and I had to lead it because I didn't know how to harmonize so what do I do I grab the mic and I stand there and I'm singing this song Carl you was there you was a visitor but you were there you and Patty and I want to tell you something I'm trying my best to be as reverent and respectful for what's going on 
It's altar call time. I know you got to be reverently and respectful. So I'm just singing. Little D, all of a sudden, it got real quiet. I thought there was something wrong with the mic. So I pulled it closer. <laughs> and I started singing louder. How many knows what I'm saying? But you know what happened? Little Patty. Patty, you're my friend. I'll never kid you too much because you're my friend. A lot of people pick on you, but I don't pick on you. <laughs> but little Miss Patty was there, and Carl was there. Carl walked up to lay hands on somebody, and God gave him a word to say. And I know Dad was down there praying with somebody or whatever was going on. But when I moved closer, because it got quiet, Patty looked at me and goes, this is all she did. Now you think what you want, but I took it. It was a rebuke, but I took it. Praise God, I took it. I took it the right way. I went home so defeated. I went home so broken. I called my dad and I said, Dad, I don't need to sing. Why, he said. I said, Dad, I didn't know the Spirit of God was moving. I didn't, wasn't tuned in to what was going on. And it bothers me, Dad. I don't want to be up there that way. I want to know because I knew it was God that was trying to do something, Connie, but I was just ignorant of it. I didn't study it enough. I didn't look at it and know what was going on. But I started praying. My dad told me, talk to God about it. And I started praying. And I said, God, there's a move of the Holy Spirit that I've not gone to. Bring me to it. Show me, Lord. I cried. I prayed. I even went to the altar a couple times waiting for somebody to tell me what I was doing. But finally one night up on Boudinot Avenue in my basement, God came down and touched my mind, touched my whole life. He filled me with his spirit. Can I tell you I've done some great things? No. I can tell you I didn't speak in tongues that night, but I knew God answered my prayer that night. But can I tell you, after that, I spoke in tongues. And you may say to yourself, I don't know if I believe it. You don't have to believe anything, I'm telling you. Get it for yourself. Go through your own door. Because he is the one. The power comes from him, not from me. Oh, we can lay hands on you and pray for you to receive it. But it all comes from him. He paid for it. He sent it. Now, you can say, well, you must have really been smart after that. No, I was just as dumb as I was the day before. As far as knowing scripture and knowing things, I still had to study. I still had to search. I still tried to hear from God. But I know what God was doing in me now that I look back. God was working on me. And he was working in me. And he was bringing his power in the heart and in the spirit. And sometimes I know I come so short. See, I prayed about gifts. I prayed about 
the gift of healing. I've prayed about discernment. You know what? I feel like God gives me discernment about a lot of things. Because sometimes people will say stuff, and I'm knowing when they say it, that's not what God's telling me. And I'm not, I don't want you to be scared to talk to me. I'm not that kind of a genie or nothing. But I'm going to tell you something. I prayed about those things. But can I tell you, and I'll tell you what you're thinking. In my flesh, would I be willing to pay that price? Would I be willing to be a, have a gift of healing, Sue, and go all over the nation every time you heal somebody? We got somebody else waiting in line. And you know what? God knows their life. They may not even be saved. They may just want their healing. They may not want to repent. I had a guy at my work who showed up and told me, he heard I was a Christian. He said, I went to church last week. And I said, you did? He was a new guy. And I said, well, where, where did you go? And he said, oh, I went to this lady's church, my neighbor. And I said, well, that's good. He said, yeah, I went, I went last Sunday and got testified. And I'm kind of looking at him like, well, when did you get saved? Oh, I, don't want, I didn't get saved. I don't want to live for God, he said. <laughs> but she prayed for me to get a job, and I got this job. And he said, I had to go back and thank the whole church. And I just looked at him like, you really don't understand, do you? But he was really being honest. In his heart, he was being honest. Let me tell you something. God don't want to just give you things. God wants you. He's after you. He wants to work in you and develop in you. And if he don't have a church that's alive, he can't do that. We, we ain't. We ain't accountable to everybody else, but we're accountable to ourselves and to God. Okay. It says in Acts 1, 4, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, and you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Uh-oh. Now we're talking about baptized Holy Ghost. We're talking about that promise. It's a promise to you. It's not a promise to preachers. It's not a promise to special people. It wasn't just a promise to the apostles. It was a promise for all that will come. And receive him. Okay. You read it for yourself. That's in Acts the first chapter. Four and five. And then go down to verse eight. And it will say. But you shall receive what? Power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. And the uttermost parts of the earth. We're to receive power. To witness. To do the work that God needs us to do. God ain't sending us out there on our own. It's not a, I'm sorry, it's not an evangelistic program. This is who we are. Let your light shine. Let people see that Jesus lives in me and I'm not ashamed of it. I am proud to be a Christian. I don't care what you think of me. I can't help if our government votes everything out. They cannot take out what God put in. And when it comes down, guess what's going to happen? 
He'll take me out of here. And I don't want to be here when he gets when he gets that aggravated. When God says it's done, you don't want to be here. I tell you right now, you better look for the power. You better get a hold of power. Then in Acts 2, and when the days of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the, all the house where they were sitting. How many knows the promise has arrived? Amen. See, I'm just reading you where the promise arrived. I ain't telling you Tim Pruitt's doctrine. I'm telling you what the Bible says, the gospel truth has brought Forth this power that's come from above. Jesus paid for it, and it's come. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not as the preacher instructed them on how to speak in tongues. I'm sorry, but it came from the Holy Spirit. And it comes from God. When he comes on, there's times when you'll be up here praying. And there'll be times when you'll feel the presence of God and the Spirit of God on you. And you'll begin to speak in tongues. Now let me tell you something. That's not the same as the gift of tongues, which we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about the spiritual gifts. But I want you to understand there's a difference in what's happening here. When the Holy Spirit was poured out and the Spirit of God came upon them, they began to speak in tongues and the people out there heard them speak in their language because they came all over, from all over to be there on the day of Pentecost. It was a, it was a feast day. It was a day that they had... Uh, that they celebrated. So people came from all over and they spoke different languages. They were Jewish people, but they came from all over. And it names all of them. But the miracle was that when they began to speak in tongues, they spoke languages they didn't know. And the people out there knew it was them. And you know what? All my life, and I even heard my father say this one time, we had somebody come here, and they were from a, their grandchild came here. And the grandchild didn't know English. And dad was saying, I was hoping somebody would get it up on them to speak so that person could understand. He was praying for that. You know, I don't know it ever happened. Don't think it did. But can I tell you something? That's what the Bible's teaching. Now, some people don't, for some reason or another, that part of the Bible just upsets them. I don't want nothing to do with that tongues. Why? Because if I saw you speaking in tongues, I'd say you was mad. You crazy. Because I, nobody would understand you. I couldn't understand you. Even if you feel the presence of God like I did when my Aunt Flonnie was dying. I didn't understand any of it, Vicki. I didn't understand a word of it. But I knew the presence of God. I knew the power was there. Let me tell you something. He's telling you how it came about. I'm not telling you 
that somebody has to give you the correct doctrine for you to understand how to take hold of this. All you need to do is cry out to him for the power of God to come upon me. God, help me. I need more power of you. I need the Holy Spirit. I need God's will in my life. I need the, the power of, of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I need it upon me. There's power in his blood. There's power in his word. There's power in his name. How many knows it's in Christ? There's power. So quit looking for power to come from some music or somebody with a new entertainment. They're not going to conjure up a spirit of God. They're going to, they're going to conjure up another spirit that ain't going to be of God. Come on back up, Peggy. Mark 16. Listen to these words. I didn't say them. This is Mark. This is Mark, the second book of the New Testament. In the 16th chapter, he said this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. Wow. Uh-oh, these are just signs that's followed. Can I tell you something? Love, peace, joy, that's not gifts of the Spirit. Those are fruit of the Spirit. Let me hear what I'm saying. When you have the Spirit of God working and walking in your life, you will have love, you will have joy, you will have peace, you will have long-suffering, you will have kindness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance, which is self-control. You're going to have all these things if you're following the Spirit of God. But those are fruit of the Spirit. But the power, you have to come and say, God, I want you to enter into me and give me the gift, the power, and the promise that was given to the church. Okay. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Acts 10, 44, this is when the Gentiles, Cornelius and Peter went up in verse 44 of 10th chapter of Acts says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. These weren't Jewish people. These were Gentiles. These is where the whole gospel is being fulfilled of what Joel said because it's going to other nations. It's going to all people. And it says here, and they of the circumcision, which is the Jews, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Uh-oh. You mean the evidence and the witness that the Spirit of God was falling on the Gentiles was because they seen the Holy Spirit fall on them and they began to speak with tongues, just as it happened on the day of Pentecost. Now, let me tell you something. You may not like this. You may not like what I'm talking about. You may say, well, that only applies to the Pentecostal church. I want to tell you something. There ain't no separation there. 
Look throughout the Bible. There ain't no separation. There's churches that had different problems, but they're all taught the same thing, and they all come from through the apostles, through Christ. Okay. I don't mean to holler at you because I'm not mad at nobody. Sometimes it sounds that way. I'm just trying to get my point across, and I'm almost done, okay? But the last one is this in 1 Corinthians 2. This is Apostle Paul. And he said something to him that struck me. He said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, let me tell you something. If you really look at that close, what Paul's saying, you won't be following every ministry that comes flying by with some new thing to do. Because, see, you already know where the source is. Quit looking for a new ministry to bring it. And I'm not bidding for you to stay here. I'm not bidding for you to do anything. I want you to live for God. And I want you to know the power of God. Because if America's got a chance, if America's got a revival coming, if we're going to have good memories ahead of us and our young people gets a hold of what we have been blessed and known all of our life, no, it ain't easy. No, it wasn't all perfect. But can I tell you something? There's power in this God. There's power. There's power in salvation, and there's power in the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's power. Don't sell the power short because when you walk away from the power, you've walked away from the very thing that God established to keep the church. Uh-oh. You mean it's not because I was born a Pruitt? It's not because my name's Huff? It's not because I'm related to Bill? Let me tell you something. You need the same power that our forefathers needed, the same power the apostles needed, and all the way up, we still need the same power. And there's one more, there's a verse in Romans, i got to read it. Only for this reason. It's Romans 8. I believe. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Uh-oh. That means if you don't have the spirit of God, guess what you don't have? You don't have the power to be resurrected. I'm sorry, but the same spirit that was in Christ is the same spirit that is in us that will quicken us and bring us alive for eternal life. There's power in his name. There's power in the Spirit of God. So don't tell me you don't need the Spirit of God. You need him. I've kept you long enough.
I know sometimes in our doctrines and sometimes in our churches, we've been raised different. Mom and dad didn't do it that way, so you don't want to do it that way. I told you, my mother was raised modern Baptist. And to this day, much as I love my mother's family, they have a hard time with us Pentecostal side of our family. But I can remember when my mother would be on the phone, when and my dad took the took the church for the first time, and he began to work where he felt like the Pentecostal background of what he wanted to do as a pastor, what God called him to do. He began to be obedient, and Mama was having a certain amount of hard time with it. And she might argue with Dad at home sometimes, but I would come in sometimes and hear her on the phone, and every argument she gave anybody else, she was using Dad's words. And I just grinned. I thought, Mama, you ain't so hard on Dad. You see what God's doing in him. You see the power of God working. I understand we want to be convinced, but don't shut him out. Don't shut the Spirit of God. Open your heart. Lord, I know you saved me, but I know I'm weak. I want to do more for you, Lord. I don't want to sit and do nothing. It's my generation that's falling down. It's my generation that needs prayer. So it's my responsibility to get on my knees and cry out, Oh, God, send the power to heal and to change things. Because see your little prayer in those places. Do you think it made a difference when the, when the young men went to war and the little mothers were down praying on their knees? You bet it did. You bet it did because it brought victory to our soldiers. And I want to tell you something. There's victory in Jesus still. It's alive and well. But we need to place ourselves in that place where Lord use me please Lord don't refuse me I know I'm nothing but I want to be where you want me to be I want to reach my children my grandchildren I'm not surrendering them to the devil and I'm not surrendering them to this world's ways I'm going to cry out oh God knock on their door again Everybody stand if you will. You need to be saved. You come. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. If you have already been saved and you know God's talking to you today, you come up here. We'll pray with you. We're, we're not claiming some great fame of anything. But I believe this. If my people all by my name will pray and seek my, seek my face. He will turn. He will turn our nation. He'll turn our children from the wicked ways that are out before them. He'll begin to reveal to them them fake carrots that's being hung out in our children's faces that's drawing them away from God. He'll begin to reveal it to them. I believe that with all my heart. You come while they sing. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in the
Time came to speak in tongues. I just want to say this. For myself, God's Spirit revealed Himself. It's like He just overflowed me. But can I tell you something? A lot of times I didn't feel like I did when I stood with my Aunt Flonnie that day. I thought somebody else has got the Spirit of God a lot stronger than I got. And I used to think, Lord, sometimes I'd turn on a, a song and I'd feel the person that was singing it and I'd feel the presence of God. And oh, I felt like I could sing that song like they would. I could shout it out. I could shout out I could speak in tongues I'd hear other people with the power of God on them and feel that but see God wants it to be personal he don't want you going off everybody else I know that we share what our elders have paid for in, a, in our past this beautiful country and all the price that was paid out of us we share in their blessing they're gone on but we share the beauty of what God has given us. We need the power of God now. Our little children growing up, they need to know the power of God in the church. They need to know what it's about. And I can tell you, we got young people here that knows how to pray, praise God. They know how to call upon God. 
not telling you to do anything today. I want you to think about what God is saying to you because this is not a subject I normally bring up. See, when they tell you that we're come from a Pentecostal background, yeah, that's partially true. We come from a Baptist background, that's partially true. We come from a Nazarene background, that's partially true. But really, the truth is, God says, I need you. Personal relationship, I need you. I don't know what God's going to do in you. Neither do you, till you trust him. Open up your heart. Open up your mind. He'll transform your mind. He'll heal your heart, give you a heart. Uh, take that old stony heart, give you a heart of flesh. A heart that has care and feelings. He'll change you if you'll let him. But it'll be you that says, Lord, I believe in the power that you have and that I need it. That's what you need to come with. I thank you for your patience. I don't mean to hold you long. But can I tell you something? Put this in your mind. This is our tomorrow. We need to pray for his presence and his power. We need his power. Our tomorrows are only going to be there for, for us and our children if the power of God is upon us. Hear what I'm telling you.